I'm with Lauren Gwynn, who is the executive director of Shepherd's Center of Hamilton County. So, Lauren, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to join me today. Well, thanks for having me, Larry. I appreciate it. And I've uh, what I've tried to do in the last several weeks is talk about the many nonprofits working in and around Fishers. I know you serve the whole county. Fishers is a part of what you do. But I, I want to ask you to start off, and there's a lot to talk about. But uh, first of all, I want to let you know you, your organization uh, – focuses on the over 55 crowd. I, I fit into that very easily. Not That's not a close call. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we like to say second half of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm well into that. I, luckily, my health is good, so I have no complaints. Uh, but I, what I want to do is, is, is ask about that group of people that you serve. Uh, they are absolutely in a high-risk health category of contracting the novel coronavirus. So now that we're more than two months into dealing with this as a society, this COVID-19, uh, how are you and your staff uh, hand, and volunteers, the whole group, uh, handling the challenges you see for that group of people during this pandemic? That's a great question. Um, pretty early on, we realized that we had to change the way not only our current programs operate, but we also had to address the new needs that seniors would have from needing to stay at home. Um, so the main thing that happened first was we, all of the programs that we typically offer went virtual and telephonic. So we um, have a social program called Together Today that meets Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. every day. Typically those meetings happen in person, but they are now happening on Zoom every day. Um, we have our Reaching Resources program, which is an intensive case management program that helps people with anything relating to aging and connecting them with the resources that they need. Um, that program is being completely done now by our coordinators over the phone. Um, while we hope soon we will be able to eventually start meeting in person again, um, you know, you're absolutely right that people 65 and older, as well as those who have any type of uh, chronic illness, are at the highest risk category um, to not only contract the virus, but to have complications from it. Um, the other big thing for us was really focusing in on what could we do and how could we respond to help um, seniors be able to stay at home. And so the biggest thing that we have done over the last um, now almost eight weeks is um, our delivery service. So we are partnering with the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office to deliver um, fresh perishable, non-perishable groceries, um, any household supplies or cleaning supplies and personal care items to anyone in Hamilton County um, that is 55 and older. Um, and honestly, with their partnership, it has been um, this amazing ability to not only get people what they need, but to ensure that we're doing it safely. Um, you referenced our volunteers. We are a volunteer-run organization. And so by allowing the sheriffs to help us with this, we've honestly not had to rely on our volunteers as much. Um, what that has been able to do is free them up, and they've actually been serving as phone pals for all of our seniors. Um, so they're calling them a couple times a week to just check in on them, make sure they have everything they need. 
and honestly, just stay connected because, you know, in this time when we're all trying to stay at home, it's hard to feel connected with other people, especially for those people who live alone. Um, so our volunteers have been doing a phenomenal job of also working kind of remotely or virtually, if you will, by um, spending their time talking to our seniors on the phone. So it's been um, a big transition for us in terms of how we do things and what we've been doing, but we've seen this amazing um, support, not only from the community, but just response from our seniors in this time. Um, they're so relieved that we've been able to offer them the support that we have. You know, so, I, yeah, I, quite I, a change. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I think that uh, you should give the, the sheriff credit because I can assure you that not in every county of Indiana would the sheriff be willing to cooperate with a program like yours. So I'm sure you're quite grateful, and it's, it's, it says a lot about our sheriff's department for that they are partnering with you on that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I can't say enough, not only from the sheriff's office and all of their volunteering, but also just like all of the first responders in Hamilton County. Um, we work closely with the Fisher's paramedicine program, as well as Carmel Westfield and Noblesville that, you know, the first responders are truly doing everything they possibly can to keep everyone safe. But I think they are paying special attention to seniors from the very beginning of all of this. And I really appreciate that because I know it's not easy, but yeah, the sheriff's office specifically, um, their support has allowed us to be able to help more people in such a safe way. You know, when they are shopping, they're keeping our volunteers out of the store. Um, they're, you know, using PPE gear, they're dropping stuff at our door for our seniors. You know, they're also um, following social distancing. So I not only do I just, am I so appreciative of all the help that they're offering, but I'm so appreciative of how um, just careful and serious they're taking the recommendations from our local health department and from the state and really making sure that they're doing it as safely as possible. You know, I, I, you already brought it up, but one of the first programs I wanted to ask you about was Together Today because I saw that program and thought, wow, this is going to be difficult in today's environment. But I, let me add a little different angle on that. Now, I'm, although I'm 68 years old, I, I have no choice. If I want to blog, if I want to do podcasts, I have to know the technology. I don't, I don't have a choice if I want to do that. But I'm curious, uh, with the people that you serve, how receptive have they been to doing something like a Zoom meeting? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting, Larry, because before, uh, when Together Today was meeting in person, we commonly have speakers come in to talk about different educational topics. And technology was always one of the most requested topics, <laughs> um, I think, just it's, I mean, for any of us, regardless of your age, right, it's hard to keep up with and it's hard to know um, and be willing to adapt and change with technology as it changes. So I think obviously with age, that gets a little bit more challenging just with the different aspects of aging. But um, interestingly enough, you know, the first couple of weeks it, when we started the program um, virtually, I would say we had a somewhat low attendance. Um, now it's much higher. <laughs> um, I think uh. as this has continued, people are more and more willing to learn. And luckily, I cannot say enough about my wonderful team and my programs manager because they um, do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So they help people over the phone get logged on to Zoom either on their computer or on their phone for the first time. 
Um, and then honestly, once they get on once, they're usually very comfortable. And now we're up to, you know, between 30 and 40 people a day. So it's great. It's great now. But yeah, I think at first everybody was a little unsure of what it would be like. And now um, we have a lot of people who typically would only come to together today once a week, um, wherever it was closest to them. So for example, our Together Today Fishers group meets every Thursday at Christ the Savior Lutheran Fishers. And typically those folks, you know, most of them just come on Thursday. Well, now that they're we're meeting virtually, a lot of the folks are coming every day hmm. because they can. <laughs> um, it's so much easier to log on. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that I always insisted, I've, I've been doing podcasts since 2016, always insisted on doing them in person, never did one on the phone, never used Skype, never used Zoom. Obviously, I've been using Skype, Zoom, and occasionally telephones over the last couple of months. And just to give you an idea, for a 68-year-old guy still trying to figure out Zoom, I remember sent, uh, I sent you a, an email with my email address, and it didn't work for you. And I look back, and the reason is because I failed to put a space in front of my email address. <laughs> It's like something as simple as that can completely throw the whole thing off. But uh, it is encouraging to hear that uh, maybe this has brought people closer to technology. Now that they're using it for this purpose, they can uh, see the grandkids in another state and that there are things they can do that perhaps they weren't comfortable doing before. Absolutely. I think, you know, f for me, it was a really hard balance when this whole situation started because, you know, even before any type of coronavirus was even kind of on our radar. The number one single greatest issue facing seniors, especially in our county, is isolation. And the impact that isolation can have on a person aging is the same physical health effects as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And so for us and together today, that is the sole purpose of the program is to combat isolation. And so obviously, you know, telling people to stay at home when they're already isolated and deepening that isolation even further was scary. That wasn't an easy thing to try to do or encourage. And I am just so relieved that through the phone pals and through together today, virtual program, um, people are staying connected. And that for me was one of the most important factors in this and trying to figure out how to make sure people stay connected during this time. Well, and yeah. I think that's regardless of your age, right? Like that, you're absolutely right. That's something ever, all of us are trying to do. So yeah, I'm very relieved that they have been receptive to the technology and receptive to the program and learning new things along with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, and you've anticipated one of my questions. So let me just kind of uh, uh, expand on that a little bit because uh, isolation is an issue for a lot of senior citizens. Fortunately, as it has not been for me. I have a pretty active life and see people all the time. Not everybody is fortunate enough to, to have the health to do that or just be able to do that for a variety of reasons. So when you're, you know, isolation, as you just mentioned, is a general problem. Uh, in the city of Fishers, where I live, uh, the city has had, ever since we became a city, we have a very active and aggressive mental health program. And I think that's a general program. But I, I'm curious to expand a bit on how mental health would impact someone in the age group you serve, 55 and over. Uh, I know a lot of what you do, for, for example, you have a reaching resources program that's that tries to match up seniors in need of resources with all the different uh, ways someone could be helped 
and you just match the two uh, up, the uh, senior needing the help and the program out there to help them. Uh, what, what's, what special challenges are there for mental health when somebody's 55 or over? And it could be isolation. It could be something else. Uh, and sometimes people don't even uh, contract and it is a disease. It's a health issue. Well, that's why they call it mental health. So, so, what are the special challenges for people in the age group you serve? Yeah, that's an excellent question, and you're absolutely right. I am lucky enough that we have been able to be a part of Mayor Fadness's mental health initiative and working closely with Chief Russo and you know the paramedicine team there, and. You know, the thing for us that definitely we see, especially in Fishers, you know, working in conjunction with the paramedicine team is the challenges that people face when they are struggling with dementia. Um, Dementia is, uh, you're absolutely right, a disease that um, is becoming more and more prevalent. And the reality is that a lot of times people don't even recognize the early symptoms or stages. But one thing that we do know about dementia is that dementia and depression go hand in hand. Um, And so when we're looking at the aging population, not only do we have to focus on isolation, but we also have to focus on the potential of some type of cognitive issue going on that could also be the cause and or interrelated with depression. And that's important because I think as we're aging and as we are trying to be proactive and, and Larry, I appreciate you kind of recognizing, like I'm a very active person. And I would say there's a lot of people in your same boat, especially in Fishers. Um, You know, I, a plug in here for Fishers Freebirds, um, the parks group, because they are awesome. They are some of our best volunteers. They help with a lot of our programming. We partner with them all the time. I think there are a lot of active aging people in your community, in Fishers. And I think the challenge is that recognizing those early signs and symptoms of depression, of dementia, of, of how isolation could be impacting you are the ways that the sooner people recognize those, the easier they are to treat and come up with a plan on how to help someone, whether it be as simple as getting them connected with the right doctor. Um, for example, in Fishers, we have a wonderful program at community with, in conjunction with Community Hospital called Healthy Aging Transitions, and they help people um, navigate dementia and depression, um, probably one of the best in the area. Um, or whether it's um, getting them connected with a social group like Together Today or like Freebirds. Sometimes that's all people need is just having that outside connection. Um, all the way to absolutely, we um, work very closely with, with Aspire. Um, we have a direct referral service with them. So if our coordinators um, in our Reaching Resources program are meeting with someone or a caregiver who are concerned about mental health issues that are more serious in nature, getting the help and the treatment that you need is essential. Um, One of the things that I think is, um, I I wish it didn't take a pandemic for this to happen, (laughs) Um, but one of the things that I think is amazing about what I have seen happen in the last eight weeks is that um, Aspire has completely transitioned to doing teletherapy And those services for seniors are covered by Medicare. And so if anyone needs help, it's so much easier to be able to access those. You can talk to a therapist or mental health provider 
over your computer, over the phone right away and get the help that you need. And for, you know, for us, that's been an essential part of helping ensure people um, stay healthy and be proactive about their mental health during this time. Um, Because, you know, there aren't wait times. You don't have to try to schedule a ride to go talk to someone. You know, you can just talk to someone right then and there over the phone. um, And it's great. So I, I would say those are kind of the main things that are coming up, not only right now, but I think just generally for people when they're thinking about aging and mental health, um, the more proactive you can be, the better off you will be as you age. I think you cut out just a moment there, but I think we got everything that you were trying to say just just, just fine. I'm curious about one thing you just mentioned, and this uh, this this telecare, however you want to put it, where you where you're, uh, and most of the time, I think the uh, providers insist it be a video connection of some sort, whether it's FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype, or whatever technology you're using, where the provider and the person uh, receiving uh, the care would would have some kind of video connection and speak to each other. Uh, that's that's a new innovation that has only recently been accepted. And it's not just the people 55 and over. It's the health professionals themselves that I think have been quite slow to to warm up to this whole thing. So how are the people you are serving, how are they, uh, how are they doing? Is this, uh, is this a system that works well for them? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's good to <laughs> Let hear. <me> t- <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, I think there's a perception, right, about people aging that telehealth, because it involves technology, is something that people who are aging won't want to engage in. And I just, it's a myth. And this situation has proved it's a myth. Well, of course, there are always people that are going to prefer to see their doctor in person, um, whether that's their mental health provider, their primary care doctor, any kind of specialist. The reality is that the obstacles seniors face in getting to appointments are much larger than the regular population. They are challenged with a lot of times transportation. They're challenged with health problems that cause them issues and just even being able to get out, um, as well as just the um, the memory issues that are sometimes involved with juggling a lot of appointments. Um, When you have your provider, when you get a text from your provider that says, I'm going to be calling you in 20 minutes, right? It's really easy to make sure you're by your phone in 20 minutes and be at that appointment. And um, yeah, I have heard numerous of not only from our seniors and our aging population, but also from the health partners that we work with, whether it's Aspire or IU Health or Community Health, I have heard that they have had like amazing response from their telehealth appointments. And I think, honestly, it's not only a factor of just the convenience, but I think it's also um, comforting for a lot of our seniors to know, oh, all I have to do is send my doctor a message. I sign into this website. I send my doctor a message and he's going to read it the same day and respond to me the same day. And I think, whereas before, you know, the idea I have to schedule an appointment or I have to call and talk to the nurse and then I have to schedule an appointment and then I have to go, that could take days sometimes. But this idea of like, I could get an answer to my health problem almost instantaneously is such a relief. 
Um, so I absolutely think that telehealth is working from all sides. And my hope is that um, Medicare, especially, as well as all insurance providers, um, they've all kind of approved telehealth because of the coronavirus. But I hope that coverage will continue um, past this pandemic because it has been phenomenal. All you have to do is tell somebody 65 and over it's covered by Medicare, right? <laughs> and they're probably going to be receptive to it. But I, I, I think that the, uh, the medical community, I think, there was a portion of that that wasn't warming up to this. Are you able to hear me, Lauren? Think we're yes. Ha- okay, yes. Can hear me? we're having a little, you know, these glitches that happen with the technology. But uh, no, I, th- I think the um, early on, I sensed that the medical community was a little slow to warm up to this. But now that seniors have this covered by Medicare and being 68, I know how important that is. Uh, that's really taken off, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, from the mental health perspective, there's obviously a lot of benefits to seeing your client in person um, and having that connection as well as, you know, your physical health doctors. But, and I think that's probably a lot of where the hesitance, like originally that was kind of where that came from. But I think they're seeing that for most cases, the benefits outweigh the kind of cons that originally were thought about. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely hope it continues. Now, uh, you mentioned your volunteers. You have a whole program called Community Caring where the volunteers get involved. Talk about how that works and, and the involvement of your volunteers doing all the activities there. Yeah, so um, we have amazing volunteers who, honestly, most of them are seniors. Um, they're what we call young seniors, so people in your age group who are newly retired and Um, just looking to give back to their community, as well as just general community members. Um, They kind of share our minimum requirement is one hour once a month. They share with us what they're interested in doing, whether it be transportation, phone pals, um, friendly visitor, um, maybe organization or cleaning or yard work. And we pair them with seniors in need. All of the seniors that receive assistance in community caring are um, either low income or um, they struggle with some type of health or physical disability. Um, So these are folks that the little bit of help our volunteers are able to offer them really support their independence and ability to age in place safely. Um, So Yes, the community caring program has been an essential part of what we do. Um, In this pandemic, it has just completely transformed to being mostly all telephonic. Um, And I I mean, I could go on for hours. The stories that our phone pals have told us about just how great it's been for both sides to have that connection during this time. And it's amazing. So I'm very grateful for all of them. Uh, I was looking at your website before we uh, talked, and and I what I found is a very long list of what you call partners. Some are government entities, some are other nonprofit organizations, and you have a number of private sector enterprises listed there now. Uh, I know it's it's very good to have that. I mean, it, uh, the fact that you have that says a lot about your organization. People uh, prominent in the community are are definitely behind you. 
But I just have to ask you an honest assessment. Um, we're in for tough times. The nonprofits are going to be in for tough times. Have have your part? Have you been talking to your partners? Will they be able to to continue to support you? What 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 message are you getting? I know it's not a pleasant subject, but it's something that uh, all nonprofits are dealing with right now. You're absolutely right, Larry. We actually um, we have a Hamilton County Executive Directors Group, um, and a lot of the nonprofit organizations are represented in that group with their executive directors. We were actually talking about this topic this week. Um, because I think we're all, um, several of us, including my organization, for example, we just received a grant from United Way for the first time to support our um, emergency response plan. And I'm eternally grateful to United Way for all they're doing and, and our Hamilton County Community Foundation to respond to this virus and to respond um, finan- with financial support. It's wonderful but it's not sustainable. And so you're absolutely right. Um, We have to think about how this is going to impact us in 2021. And I, in terms of your specific question, what have my partners told us? Um, It has been mixed. You know, some of our partners say, you know, they haven't been um, impacted financially. So they plan to continue to support us. Some have flat out told us, you know, they're in struggling and we get it. You know, we, we understand it's a difficult time. And they've said, Hey, come back to me in a year, come back to me in six months and, and see, see what we're, see what it's like then. And, you know, I appreciate their honesty and candor. And and we were talking about that in our executive directors group. I think what's going to get us through this. And we've seen this firsthand is collaboration Um, You know, as nonprofits in our community, I can tell you, especially in Fishers, we're connected more than ever. You know, we don't see each other. That's the difference between the nonprofit world and the for-profit world. We don't see each other as competitors. We see each other as partners. And so we don't want any of us to struggle during this time. So whether it's supporting each other's fundraising events or um, getting people connected with new partners that maybe have an interest in what they're doing. I mean, we're just trying to come up with new innovative ways to keep each other afloat during this difficult time. But I think the other thing that we've all seen, and again, my corporate and my government and my foundation partners are phenomenal, but honestly, it's the individual givers that are going to save the nonprofits in our community. Um Uh, the outpour of donations that we've received, whether it's physical donations like grocery items, food items, hot cleaning supplies to, you know, $10, $15 donations all the way up. Those are the things that are going to help sustain our nonprofits over this next year. Because when enough people help support, even at the small level that they can, it combines to this overall level that helps us all. And I think we're going to see, and we have seen just this outpour of individual donations and the individuals helping our organizations. And I think that will be what saves us. I truly do. And since you mentioned that, uh, if someone is listening and may want to volunteer, may want to contribute material, uh, uh, cash or any uh, combination of the above, how does one get in touch with you to do that? 
Absolutely. Um, you mentioned our website. We have lots of great information there, including donate options and contact forms. And that is shepherdscenterofhamiltoncounty.org. All one word, all spelled out. Um, or you can also call me. Our phone number is 317-674-8777. And we'd be happy to get you connected. We just actually had a great uh, donor in Fishers yesterday, we went to pick up and they filled up our car with non-perishable food items. And we were super happy because that will help at least 10 to 15 seniors this next week. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll come to you. We'll pick anything up. We appreciate anything anyone's willing to offer us at this time. Yeah, that's good to hear. If you would try to find the website, you can just Google it. Ha uh, Shepherd Center of Hamilton County it comes right up. So uh, lots of different ways uh, to find you and, and, and volunteer and make a contribution. One last question. In looking at your background, I see that you have a law degree, you have a master's in social work. Just curious, with the uh, many career paths before you, what uh, caused, you, caused you to choose management in nonprofit organizations? <laughs> oh, Larry, it was, uh, that is my favorite question because I just never have a good answer to it. <laughs> um, just the stars aligning. Um, I passed the bar and began to start my family and I grew up in Fishers. I actually am a Hamilton Southeastern graduate, um, lived here my whole life. And my husband is a IMPD a police detective. So we knew we would want to stay in Hamilton County. And um, actually, one of the lawyers who was um, my mentor in law school was on the board for Shepherd Center at the time and said, hey, we are looking for an executive director. Would you consider it? And I thought, maybe I will. <laughs> I met with them and I instantly fell in love and just had a passion for this idea that from the beginning... Um, the mission of our organization, you know, helping people age independently and safely. Um, I actually have aging grandparents and parents that live in Hamilton County. And it's important for me, you know, I feel like this is an easy mission to get behind. Um, so it was honestly really easy for me to say no to, you know, an 80 hour law career, <laughs> a week <laughs> law career um, to say, uh, you know, I, I want to help an important cause. Um, yeah. Okay. So what, <laughs> it you hard. But you, when um, you're looking at it that way, it was not an, a difficult decision to make. And uh, well, I'm sure the people at Shepherds and the people you serve are very happy you chose that path. Uh, Lauren Gwynn, Executive Director of the Shepherds Center of Hamilton County, uh, focusing on uh, the over 55 crowd uh, locally. Lauren, thanks for taking the time and good luck to you and your organization. Thank you so much, Larry. I appreciate you having me on.